Hello and welcome to Enneagram-ish, where we talk honestly about the Enneagram, growth, and the ugly, messy, wonderful art of living. My name is Valentine and I'll be your host. Welcome back to episode 5 and today I want to talk about subtypes. One of my favorite things about the Enneagram is that it's this vast system, and because of that, there are so many nooks, crannies, and alleyways where you can find pieces of yourself. That said, I don't believe you can find your whole self in this system. Like, I don't think you can say, hey, that's Valentine, I know her type, her subtype, her level of health, whether she's in a period of rest or stress, and so I understand her fully and I can basically predict her every move. No, I don't believe that. I do believe, though, that anything, any system or philosophy that helps you find nuggets of truth about yourself, that helps you gain knowledge or understanding of yourself or others, Basically anything that will help you become more kind or loving or that'll help you grow, I think that's a win and I'm here for it. So let's do it. Let's dive into subtypes. Okay, we know that there are nine basic personality types. Now, in the Enneagram system, you also have what are called subtypes, which are essentially these three categories that are nestled under a type. That's why they're called subtypes. So they are the social subtype, the sexual or one-to-one subtype, and the self-preservation subtype. And each personality type hosts these three subtypes within it, but it'll look different depending on the type. Most people will default to one subtype, but it's helpful to think of them as a stack or a continuum or a percentage. So even though you have one main one, you also have the other two within your personality just to a lesser degree. One of the most helpful ways I found to understand the different subtypes was to think about them historically. So how might they have evolved? And I should say that the work on Enneagram subtypes is heavily influenced by the seminal work of Dr. Beatrice Chestnut, who is a legend. So let's start with how the social subtype might have evolved. Let's say we're living in the caveman days. It's a big, scary world out there. How do I survive? Well, if I can be connected to a group that's lots of eyes, lots of ears, the group has a better chance of keeping me safe. So the social subtype is marked by an orientation to the collective. Practically speaking, that could mean they are concerned with issues of belonging or recognition or perhaps power over or through others. Now, I know it might sound a little vague, but if you default to a social subtype, it's going to be colored in by the fears, desires, and motivations that go along with your overall type. So a social 5 will look and act quite differently than a social 8, even though they share the same subtype. And we'll go through a case study a little later to help make things more concrete, but that's the social subtype. Now let's think about the sexual, also known as one-to-one bonding subtype. 
If we take it back to the caveman days, right? It's a big, scary world out there. How do I survive? Well, if I can basically fuse with another person, that's two pairs of eyes instead of one, two pairs of ears, that's essentially doubling my chances of survival. That might have a better chance of keeping me safe. So the sexual subtype is marked by an orientation to intensity. This could be intense relationships with specific people or intense, exciting, or adrenaline-filled experiences. There's a real sense of chasing attraction or feeling this magnetic pull to things or people. And of course, this will feel different depending on the type. And finally, let's discuss the self-preservation subtype. We're in the Stone Age. It's a big, scary world out there. How do I survive? Well, it's just me out here, so let me make sure I can find a cave to sleep in and something I can bar the entrance with. I'll need to make sure it's not too far from clean water, and oh, I saw some berries nearby that aren't poisonous. I can eat those if I don't catch anything on my hunt. And doing all this should maximize my chances of survival. So self-preservation subtypes, as you can see, are marked by an orientation to the things that will secure material safety, security, and comfort. People of this subtype are usually concerned with money, housing, health, and food because those things add up to the safety and comfort of their environment. So the bills will be paid and the groceries bought and they'll know exactly where their passport and insurance policies are. Even though this subtype will look different across different types, there will be this thread of concern about comfort and safety. Now, some people argue that because the different subtypes manifest so differently, that it actually makes more sense to consider each subtype to be a type of its own. So instead of there being 9 Enneagram types, there would actually be 27. Personally, I still think there's value in considering them as nine types because of the cohesion within each type. Like, the three subtypes of five still have similarities that tie them to the five personality type. That said, I do think the subtypes are super valuable because for me, it wasn't until I found my subtype that I realized how much truth there was in this system. So let's do an example. Let's take type three. Threes in general are drawn to success or projecting an image of success, whatever that looks like in their community. They are usually very competent, efficient, socially savvy, and hardworking, and they usually have all the accolades to show for it. Think Beyonce. I mean, I don't know if Beyonce is a three, but how could she not be? The woman has done everything. No big deal. But what threes are usually missing is a strong connection to their own feelings and desires because they sort of push those to the side in favor of thinking up and acting on their goals. So let's look at the three subtypes of three. Remember that social subtypes are drawn to the collective. So social threes find themselves drawn to influence and spotlight. They can sort of change themselves to suit the situation and are really good with people, especially when it comes to getting people to help them reach their goals. Social threes are quite competitive and assertive and are often comfortable in leadership roles. Now let's move on to sexual threes. Remember that sexual subtypes are drawn to intensity. Sexual threes then focus on having successful relationships. 
They are less interested in the spotlight or outside achievements and more interested in doing everything they can to make sure that their partner or team or family unit is succeeding. Sexual threes have a strong people-pleasing streak and they are incredibly supportive of the people they love. Of course, they do want to be acknowledged for all of the cheerleading they do for their loved ones. Finally, let's talk about self-preservation threes. Self-preservation subtypes, as we've said, are drawn to maximizing material comfort and safety. So self-preservation threes are usually drawn to self-reliance and control. They not only want to seem like the best, like perhaps a social three, but they genuinely want to be the best and will work to make sure that their work and behavior is the best. Self-preservation threes will usually come across as responsible, secure, and reliable. They put a high premium on what is practical because they want to be able to take care of themselves and the people they love, but they actively avoid the vanity associated with social and sexual threes. So as you can see, these are all type threes, but the way they move through the world is very different based on what they want. I hope that was clarifying, and I think that's where we'll leave it today. See you soon, friends. Thank you for listening to Enneagram-ish with me, Valentine. Our logo was designed by the fabulous Aya Yacoub, and our audio engineer is the phenomenal Frank Ogetto, who also created our theme song. If you're liking what you're hearing, please like and subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us on our Instagram page at Enneagram underscore ish. If you've got the time, consider leaving us a comment on Apple Podcasts because feedback is clean. Thanks again.